Hello all and welcome to yet another edition of HR Tech Talks where we talk to subject matter experts on all aspects in the realm of HR and HR technology. Today I am extremely delighted to host John Cherian, co-founder and CEO of End Paradigm. Now everyone who knows John can easily sense his passion for bringing together business insights, learning methodologies and more specifically user experience into building the technology driven learning platform End Paradigm. Thank you very much for joining us today, John. Before we start off, would you like to give a quick introduction about yourself and your journey in building N Paradigm? All right. So N Paradigm, we are an enterprise talent management platform. We are using generative AI and immersive AI to help large enterprises globally in talent management. So we work with a lot of Fortune 2000 companies globally. And we have clients like Google and Amazon and Infosys, Cognizant, Rakit Benkin, so P&G, etc. on our client list. Fantastic, John. John, typically we start off with the first question, which is the most important question. So what are the key challenges, both from a business perspective and a talent perspective that your clients are facing today? So the, I think the biggest challenge for both business, both from a business perspective and from a talent perspective is the fact that we are today in a very high uncertainty world. Just last month, I was in a conference in Singapore and I was talking to a big group of L&D people, right? And every time I meet L&D leaders, I ask them to come up with their predictions for what the future of learning looks like. And this time when I asked that question and I asked them, what do you think is disrupting the future? And normally L&D people are very optimistic about the future, right? But this time I found a difference and I started probing them to understand what they were thinking, right? And what they told me is, John, there was a time when things used to change in two, three years. So whatever strategy you put in place would be relevant for the next two, three years. Then it came down to say one year. Then it came down to say one quarter. But today we are living in a world where what we planned last week may suddenly be irrelevant this week. Suddenly out of the blue, you have something new coming up. Chat GPT suddenly come. It's changed the entire ballgame, right? And now for a lot of people, instead of learning and skilling themselves, what they just need to do is to go and ask ChatGPT the question, right? And ChatGPT gives them the answers, right? And a lot of them are saying that in today's world, now we are starting to wonder what is the relevance of the learning function. I feel very similarly when it comes to business leaders as well, right? That your company has certain differentiators in the market, you have certain product portfolios, and you're making revenue on that. But with technology coming in, a lot of your value chain may potentially be disrupted. So that high uncertainty world and how do you navigate it? Exactly. Which brings us to the next question, right? You're talking about the problems the L&D teams are facing, right? So what is your product's USP? What are the key differentiators? And what are the problems that you're trying to solve now and for the future? If you look at school education and college education, you find very structured curriculums from grade 1 to grade 12. And then in college, for whichever discipline that you're in, you find very structured curriculum for two, three, four years. But when it comes to corporate world, you know, it's very wild west. Everyone just does their own thing. And there is no common way or no systematic approach to developing talent once they join corporate, right? So our objective is to help companies with people when they, after they join, they get inducted on, they've got into the company, they understand the, how the company works. And that takes maybe the first one or two years of the employee's life cycle, right? So we come in from year two all the way up to say about year 15. And our vision is to build curriculum for every employee in every industry, in every role and help them in that upskilling curve. Right? Now, when it comes to corporate, this is very challenging because there are, say, there are 20 different major industries. Each industry has, say, 150 unique roles. Each role has 
about 20 to 30 different skills, unique skills. And then each skill has got multiple proficiency levels, right? So if you really want to solution to the level of the person and make a personalized experience, that's about 500,000 unique combinations that you have to worry about, right? And that's a very mammoth task for L&D teams. So to help L&D teams with this, there are three questions that we want to answer for the L&D and talent management teams. Question one, for a particular role in my company, what skills does an employee need? Question two, or what proficiency level is someone in on those skills currently? And question three, what is the pathway from where someone is currently in terms of proficiency to where they need to be successful in that role? So today, these three questions are addressed by very disparate teams within a corporate and by a very disparate set of vendors, talent management providers, right? So to understand the skill profile of a role, you have to go to, you have to go to consulting companies. There are a lot of them in the market. Get a sense of where they are proficient in that skill. What's their level of proficiency? You have to go to talent assessment companies. And for example, companies like Metal, Hogan, etc., etc. And for us to know how the development side is taken care of by training companies, freelance facilitators, and a lot of e-learning platforms like Coursera, Udemy, LinkedIn, etc. Right? What happens is the data is very siloed here. No team talks to the other team over here. No vendor talks to the other vendor. And because of this, what happens is that your skill profiling is done by a separate team. The data of the skill profile or the competency profile, it's typically 12 to 18 month project that lies in an Excel or a PowerPoint presentation. The assessments are done by a separate team, which comes as part of organization development or talent management. And the learning are driven by the LD teams, which do their own thing, right? And because of which, the whole picture is not coming to us. And therefore, organizations are having low ROI from this whole process from an end-to-end perspective. So we decided that we need to solve this problem because for a long time, we realized that most of the time in companies, L&D teams are not spending time actually driving learning. Most of the time, they're spending time in understanding what learning we need to drive, which means the first two questions are not really being answered very well, right? You can have a very digital pathway which goes end-to-end and the data flows end-to-end. So we've built a very hyper-personalized, adaptive and continuous learning platform where you start off with profiling the skills and then you put people on adaptive learning pathways where they get hyper-personalized and experiential, they get a hyper-personalized experiential pathway, which adapts to the proficiency level, the skill requirements, and the whole platform is personalized to the person's industry, org culture, role, skills, career pathway, et cetera, et cetera. If you look at a lot of learning platforms out there, what they're doing is they're taking content that is available historically offline and just putting it up online, right? Sure. You get maybe PowerPoint presentations, you get slides, you get videos and the expectation is that someone will go through a video and then they will go through a small quiz at the end and they will develop a skill right but that's not how anyone develops any skill right think of how you were developing your skills in say singing or dancing or sports or influencing or coaching right none of these skills are developed by going through videos they are developed by actually spending your time in real world experiences getting some quick feedback from the environment and getting some clarity on how you can do that better so our platform is also built ground up to help people go through this three step process right step 1 get into a real world situation do something that real world situation. Step two, get feedback from the environment. And step three, get some conceptual clarity on how you can approach that problem better. Now, if you look at skill or if you look at proficiency levels, a person improves their proficiency levels when they go through this iterative cycle hundreds of times, right? And the more number of times you go through it, the better you get at that skill. And this is something that today uh, the world of learning is completely missed when it comes from a vendor perspective. 
right? And we are trying to do this to facilitate this process. Okay. So in, in terms of, John, what we are seeing is traditionally, my opinion is that HR and LND teams have been always very slow in adopting technology for the respective function, right? Now, are you seeing any game-changing trends that are happening in the marketplace that will ensure that the LND teams are now in an accelerated mode to adopt technology for their function? So I think one of the challenges for anyone who's a learning leader is that when you go to your company, you have two major stakeholders, right? You have your business sponsors, and then you have your actual users who have to learn, right? And LND teams run into a roadblock on either side where either the business user is not convinced that technology can play a role and they want more traditional experiences where it is high human touch kind of experiences. They want facilitators, coaches, etc. And not tech. Secondly, the challenge may be on the user front where your users may not engage well with a digital platform. And therefore, you are forced to bring in the human experience so that you're able to keep the user's attention and focus on the learning and they don't get distracted in a very digital world, right? So these are the challenges, right? Now, from a game-changing perspective in today's world, today's world is all about you. If you remember in 2006, YouTube became the star in Times Person of the Year. And ever since then, with every year, the world has become more and more about you, right? And not about the big stars of the earlier world. The earlier world had movie stars, CEOs, corporate executives as the stars. But today, the star is you, right? People are going to be responding much better to personalized experiences that are built and designed around them. So any HR system that builds personalization into the employee experience and into the career journey of the employee, right? That is what we need to look for from a game changer perspective. Very valid and pertinent. Typically, why do you think organizations hesitate to invest in HR tech? And and how does end paradigm help them get the leadership buy-in, overall organizational buy-in for adopting tech? A lot of times when it comes to tech investments, the big challenge you have as leaders is that, first of all, clarity on what we want as an outcome, right? What are we trying to achieve? Right, because it's very fancy to say, you know what, let's automate this, let's automate that, let's bring in systems here or there. Right. But probably that's not the starting point, right? The starting point is to look at the asset situation and the should be situation. Right. What are we trying to achieve from an outcome perspective? Right. So there's a lack of clarity on that. The second challenge is lack of awareness of the importance of the employee experience when it comes to HR tech. Right. And not being cognizant of the fact that if an employee is working productively for you today quits it takes six times more cost to get a replacement and there's a very high risk of failure when the replacement comes so that becomes a big challenge right so not having the cognizance of this not giving enough importance to employee experience not having clarity on what you want as an outcome right also not generally having some kind of a perspective on technology itself right what problems it cannot solve for what is happening in the world of tech How does tech come and help shape experience? I think people need to invest time to get answers to these questions. And then you find that once they are a little bit comfortable with the space, then you find the HR tech adoption happening a lot better. I think the number one challenge, like I mentioned earlier in this podcast, is the problem of that, hey, you know what? We don't think people will learn on a digital platform. They will not engage. They will just do a tick box and move on. We want people to come in. We want them to be in a workshop. We want them to experience learning from leaders and facilitators, etc. And I think there is a thought that a very interesting thought, Sriram, that if you are sitting in a classroom in front of a facilitator, 
And just because you're looking at the facilitator and nodding your head, there's a feeling that the person is learning. But if you actually introspect, you realize that the facilitator is the one who is really talking. He's the expert. He or she is the one who's giving all the inputs, right? We don't know how much of it is being received at the other end, right? So there is a belief that it may not be effective. Physical is more effective. But that is only so true from an attention and engagement perspective. When it comes to other aspects like knowing whether someone has actually learned something, whether they have retained something, whether they are able to replicate something, etc., etc., that understanding is definitely not there. So I think this is a conundrum and this is one bias against HR tech investment, right? That a digital solution is not as good. It may be inferior to a physical solution. But if you can actually solve the engagement problem and the attention span problem right at the beginning, then digital actually gives you a lot more insight and data and analytics into whether someone is really learning or not, right? Which you cannot get with the physical experience, right? So that's number one. So a lot of times when we are going to business sponsors, right, the mistake that we make is we run to them with the solution. We are very excited by the solution. We run to them. We show the solution. We ask for a budget. And then we get to know that their points of view are very different. Right. So before doing that, we need to first spend time understanding what challenges that they are perceiving and what challenges that they want to solve for and their point of view on things. Right. We need to understand their point of view first and we need to then understand how do we then influence and shape their point of view first and also make them look not only at today's world and today's constraint, but also what is the expectation three, four, five years down the line. Right. You have Gen X moving out of the workforce slowly. You have millennials and Gen Z increasingly getting into the workforce. And therefore, the expectations from employees in terms of the employee experience is going to be very different, right? So you need to design for that world. But your business sponsor may not have that perspective because they will be looking more at what is missing in the current world, right? And they will want to solve for today's problems first, right? So being able to do this, and then going in with, okay, now I understand your problem. I understand your point of view. I understand what you want to drive as an outcome. I also try to give you my view on where the future of work is heading, the future of employee experience heading. Then only after all these do we start coming to. Therefore, what kind of problems are we going to solve for? What solutions can solve for those problems? And how much money is it going to cost? And also very important point, what kind of ROI do we get in that investment today? If you do that today, how does it help us say a year down the line, two years down the line, three years down the line from a business standpoint? Don't start with the solution. Start with the problem that you're trying to solve with the business leader. That's a very valid point. John, do you have any specific thoughts on how you visualize the post-pandemic hybrid workplace to be? Assuming that we are now in the post-pandemic phase. Yeah, I do feel we are in the post-pandemic phase today. Right. And there's been a lot of angst from senior leadership about the hybrid workplace, because I think a lot of us at senior leadership level miss the kind of people dynamics that is there when people were working a lot more physically together. And there's always a worry about employee loyalty and employee alignment to the organization, purpose, vision, culture, etc. That's a big and very legitimate worry at a senior leadership level, right? So you'll find that today, people are not, at a senior leadership level, people are not very gung-ho about hybrid workplaces. At mid and junior levels, people are very happy about it because they get a much better work-life balance according to them, right? And this is the dichotomy that we are facing today. Now, the question is, given the new employee expectations around the availability of hybrid workspace and the need for balancing personal and professional lives, 
as leaders, we need to design for those expectations and we need to see how can we still keep things productive? How can we still get the kind of productivity? How can we still get the kind of the culture that we want? How do we infuse the vision and mission of the organization into each individual employee? And I'm sure it's it's quite challenging when people are working remotely because the engagement level is very dis- difficult to know. If someone is sitting somewhere else, they're not even going to turn on their video in a group call. It's very difficult for you to perceive their engagement levels. At the same time, technology also enables you to do a lot more and there are a lot of advantages of a hybrid work environment, right? So it's a balance, right? You lose something, you gain something. You need to figure out how to compensate for what you lost. Fantastic. And that's a great segue to the last question, John. So th- there is a lot of focus on adopting tech today by HR teams, by LD teams. So what would be your key recommendation to some of these enterprises, the HR teams that are looking to adopt and bring digital into the learning? Yeah, I think it's extremely important for us in this role to build cross-functional skills. If you just apply, approach it from, uh, from the HR or the learning angle alone, it's going to be very difficult to ensure success. Right? So from a product skills perspective, we need to develop empathy for end users who will use the product, understand how it will add value to their lives. From a tech perspective, we need to understand what tech can and digital can do, what cannot, what they cannot do, what is realistic, what is unrealistic, what kind of timelines are involved, etc. And there's a whole change management process in terms of making users actually adopt these systems. right? And many times, we miss out on the change management process, right? And we may conclude too early that an initiative is either successful or unsuccessful. From a business sponsor perspective, you need to, from an HR and L&D standpoint, you need to put in place mechanisms to review adoption, review usage, review ROI, and be proactive about providing executive dashboards to business leaders on a monthly or a quarterly level on these metrics. The mistakes that we sometimes make is we wait until the business sponsor asks for this data. Or we wait until the contract renewal time to give this kind of information to them. And you never know at that point of time whether the sponsor has an expectation mismatch, whether they are happy or unhappy with the implementation and the outcome. And there may be a lot of misalignment that comes. And sometimes that actually jeopardizes the entire HR digital transformation roadmap, right? So I think these are things that we need to be very proactive about and keep in place. You hit the nail right on its head, John. A lot of takeaways from today's session. We started off talking about how HR and L&D teams were actually having this existential question on what value that they are providing to the teams and how they should continue to deliver value of the impact that generative AI has had on all functions in an organization, including the HR function. And that's where we saw how N-Paradigm is actually focusing on providing hyper-personalized, adaptive, and experiential learning, and which is the actual need of the hour. And what is also important is L&D leaders have to actually come out of the myth that people do not learn from digital platforms. People are actually learning through digital means, and they need to, in an accelerated fashion, adopt it. The key reasons why a lot of HR and L&D teams do not adopt tech is because they lack clarity on what outcome needs to be delivered. And they do not focus on the importance of employee experience as a feature. And finally, the two aspects that you emphasized: one, don't start with the problem; start with the pro. Uh, don't start with the solution. Start with the problem that you are trying to solve. Don't assume the problem. Talk to the business leader, understand the problem, and then work with them in providing the right solution. 
and finally change is a continuous journey and not a destination so your change management process has to be always in motion what is missing in most hr tech implementations today is change management john that was really a learning filled journey which is always true to what you have always stood for john thank you very much for joining us on today's session we hope to have you back on our show again thank you so much sri it was wonderful talking to you